Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Mitchell Spittle. He is an ultra runner, rock climber, and endurance athlete, currently pursuing a degree in finance at Penn State University. Mitchell, welcome to episode 24 of the American Grown Podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you for coming in, Mitch. I really appreciate it. And actually, I think it was through Instagram is how you saw I was looking for guests and you filled out the form. Yep, correct. Yep. Awesome. Ah, Hey, I really appreciate it. Uh, And for the listeners out there, in order to be on the podcast, everyone has to fill out a form. This way, uh, I get a better understanding of the guest and what they'd like to talk about. Um, it's roughly, I think, like 30 questions. Yeah, around 30 questions. Yeah. yeah. So if there's any listeners out there and you see a post on Instagram or Facebook, please don't hesitate to fill out the form. You know, you could be next here sitting in the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. What's your early childhood? Let's get into that. Uh, my early childhood. So I grew up um, born and raised in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Mom and dad, a younger sister, went to Cedar Crest High School and played some sports while I was there. Grew up playing soccer, basketball, baseball, everything like most kids. When I got into middle school, I pursued cross country for a year, um, which I decided just really wasn't for me. And then I decided to, my passion was with baseball. So I had pursued baseball from about seventh grade all the way till my junior year of high school. I decided that my senior year, I wasn't going to go out for baseball, actually. Uh, of course, because of COVID, we didn't end up having the season, but that was that. Um, I had moved on from sports and decided just to pursue my degree in finance at Penn State at the, for the time being. So you graduated in 2020. So like you said, COVID affected you know your high school sports career. It did, yes. I enjoyed baseball. You know, It was fun while it lasted, and I just decided that I wanted to pursue other things. I had my mind on other goals and that it just wasn't for me anymore. I was looking for something that where I could control my own destiny. You know, a lot of times in my life, I believed in myself, but a lot of my peers, my coaches did not believe in me. So that was something that, you know, it stilled a lot of doubt in my mind. And doubt is a scary thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that should be talked about more. You know, growing up, having that doubt in my mind, I mean, that can destroy a person, especially a young kid. And I took that to heart, and then that's what got me into more of the running and working out on my own and pursuing the ultra running. To go back to the high school sports and stuff, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording. I had no idea that, that you didn't do track and field, and you only did, what, a year, I think you said, of cross country? Yeah, so I, I was a pretty good runner in middle school. I wasn't the best, but I was pretty fast. At the time, it just was, it seemed so boring to me uh, running. You know, as a kid, you're just like, ah, oh, man, yeah. baseball is more exciting, and that's just what I wanted to pursue. But as time went on, later on in life, you know, I I kind of got back into the running thing during COVID. You know, everyone's locked up. Yeah. And I really had hit like a rough spot in my life. Um, I was just out of shape. I had, I was almost 200 pounds. So I'd gained a lot of weight and I was depressed. I, I had no one. I was, I felt lost, you know. And I just decided one day to go out for a run just a mile around the block and it was like a nine minute mile or something it was ridiculous I was like oh my goodness like what happened to me yeah, right yeah I right. just felt lost so I, I stayed with it though and um I continued to to work hard and slowly build up my endurance and um before I knew it you know I felt back in shape and I felt like you know maybe I could really make something out of this whole running and working out thing I guess you, you turned to running during COVID like you said everyone's locked down it, 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 was, it was a tough time for sure. I mean, a lot of uh, businesses closed, a lot of family businesses went out. So definitely um, d- depression is a, a real thing and serious, especially around that time. You had mentioned earlier, you know, you liked being or, you know, of course you like being a part of a team, but it sounds like you like to control your own destiny. Do you think that's why you turned to the running so much? Yeah, I think my, my past experiences with being on a team, in some cases were good, but I liked the idea of I'm either going to make it or break it for myself. You know, there's no in between here. It's, it's you're going to put in the work and you're going to succeed or you're going to be lazy and you're going to pay the price. And 
I saw that firsthand when I got into this. I just really enjoyed that because I knew that, you know, on those days where I really feel didn't feel like getting up and getting after it, it was it was my ass, you know. Yeah, you kind of hold yourself accountable, which I think if if you can do that is huge because a lot of times, um, you know, like if if let's say my wife and I, we kind of hold each other accountable when we do our workout. You know, you hold yourself accountable, but to do it yourself. I think is that next level because you're not counting on any, you're not counting on anybody. It's just you looking at yourself in the mirror. So after high school, you always had, your plan was to always go to Penn State. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Was that like the only school you were looking at? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Penn State all the way. And a degree in finance, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Is is your like mom or dad or family in finance or why? Um, not really. I just have always been very business oriented. Okay. Um, I'm into, you know, like reselling, like the eBay, all that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little side hobby for me. Something I enjoy. Oh, I didn't know that. So you kind of, you flip, you flip yeah. stuff. Yeah, I like to flip things. So that's a little side hobby. And, um, you know, kind of running your own little e-commerce business. Yeah. Kind of helps. And being a finance major, I don't know. It, it kind of seemed like it was for me. With your flipping and, and eBay, what is like one of the most expensive things you, you sold? Or do you have any like rare item that you sold? In terms of rare items, I'd have to think. I, I mainly say I would specialize in like electronics, vintage clothing. Okay. Um, but we've done some bigger buyouts. Um, I know at one point we bought out a bunch of sports jerseys for, I think we paid like seven hundred bucks. We sold them all for like three grand. So that, and that wasn't like a couple of weeks. We turned it. We flipped it. Real so flip, that was real fast. That was a good flip for us. Stuff like that is is better for me. The okay. Big de- bulk deals. I didn't know that. So, holy cow, you're doing everything. You're going to Penn State for finance. We're going to get into the ultra running here because I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, and then you're you're flipping things on eBay. How do you how do you have time to do all that? Yeah, I mean it is hard. Um, you definitely make a lot of sacrifices when you want to commit to hard things. Um, but that is the hard thing about hard things. You know, you're going to make a ton of sacrifices. Um, you're going to lose a lot of friends. And you're, you're going to have days, man, where you just feel like quitting. And that's yeah. just the truth. And that's something people don't want to admit. But there's a lot of days where I think, wow, man, maybe it's time to, you know, throw it in. Yeah. But I just think back to my old self and I'm like, I don't want to go back there, man. Right. That's a, that's a scary place. So, you know, when I look back on that, it keeps me focused, keeps me energized. And I just, I find a way. I always find a way. Okay. Now, are you also very uh, religious person as well yeah I am. yeah yeah believe in a higher power and i do no that's awesome so let's get into this ultra running because there's so many questions that i have and there's things that i think would tie into and that's why i bring it up being very religious because as you're running i'm sure there's things going through your mind so let's let's start off when did you first like really get into it i know you mentioned covid but when you know you had that nine minute mile or whatever which for a guy my size i'm like oh okay that, that wouldn't be bad for me a guy that hasn't worked out in a long time but you said that was awful so like when did you start like this is what i'm going to do i'm going to run miles and miles so this actually started um pretty long ago now the ultra running didn't start till i would say about it's going to be going on two years but the first my first goal really was just to get in shape so i um had started the murph challenge i'm not sure if you're familiar no tell me about so it. to the viewers it's where you run a mile you do 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups 300 squats and then you run another mile wow. and so my goal was just like i'm gonna hammer this out for a month yeah. I was really inspired by Michael Murphy, who was a Navy SEAL who had passed away overseas. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm going to put my mind to this. I'm going to do it. And and no one believed in me. And But for the first time in my life, I came out of the little hole I was in. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Yeah. And I did. I did it for a month straight. And I still remember my first time for the Murph on day one was like over an hour. And by day 30, I'd run it in under 30 minutes. What? So I had built that discipline and I had built, you know, the endurance to really increase my time, it kept me, kept me motivated at the time because this all started out as motivation. I will say that. And I'm not a huge believer in motivation, but it started out as a, a motivation to get back at everybody who had done me wrong. You know, that wasn't the right way to live. Um, but as I continued going on with this, then I got into the running, did my first half marathon. Okay. Um, well, hold on. Before you get into that, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but this, uh, what do you say, Murph? Yeah. This is interesting. So was it every day you would, like every day throughout the whole month? Yeah. You did so this? So for 30 days straight, I would do wow. a mile run and then the, the workout another mile run. Yep. Wow. And towards the end of it, the last day, you could do it all under 30 minutes? Yep. Correct. Yeah. Like that's insane. I really can't fathom doing that because how okay so you run the mile then you do 100 pull-ups 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups and then uh 300 squats and then you run another 
mile. Yep, running and that's it. Yep. Wow, Mitch! Holy cow! Like that alone to me is is amazing. So you're doing this, proving everyone wrong. Because yeah, you don't want to carry that baggage with you, especially as you as you're getting older and everything. So you need a release, and it sounds like running for you, like is your release. It, and running is my way of expressing it. Um, but I would just say like pain in general. I love physical pain. I love emotional pain. I love mental pain, especially is my favorite because it's the only way to really callous our minds, make us stronger as people. And you need it. You really yeah. do because it, we live in a soft world with soft people, lazy. We live in a lazy world. By constantly testing ourselves, we can callous our minds and become stronger as yeah. a community, as a, as a person. That's what I think it makes makes America so great, right? If you want to eat your Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's and drink your sodas and, and slushies you can do it or if you want to set your mind to it and turn your body into like a, an ultra machine and get in the best shape of your life you can do it and that's what i think makes you know this country so great is you can choose how you want to live you can do whatever you want not saying either option's good or bad you know it's whatever you choose to do uh, I'm, I'm still blown away about the murph challenge like that blows my mind how yeah. did you even find out about it um so I was digging around on YouTube um, okay. at this time during COVID and when I really wanted to get back into shape and I had stumbled upon it. I'd always kind of known about it, yeah. Um, but not the people did it for 30 days. I saw a lot of challenges. I was like, I want to try this. So that was a huge inspiration for me. Another guy who is a huge inspiration to me, honestly, one of the people who had um, changed my life for sure. And I've never even met him is David Goggins. I've Definitely the biggest inspiration to me, um, a former Navy SEAL, which is the next thing I started to train kind of after the whole Murph ordeal is that mm -hmm. I found a Navy SEAL workout online and it was like a six week workout. So I would run um, anywhere from four to six miles a day, swim for 45 minutes a day, and then do a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats a day. Yeah. And I did that for six weeks. Wow. So while you're doing this, uh, do you listen to music or you just kind of block everything out? I don't believe in the the whole music thing. Really? At least while you're running, I, I kind of understand in the weight room, mm -hmm. you know, when you're out there, um, it just needs to be you and your thoughts, really. The truth is the music isn't going to be there when it really matters. On race day, the music isn't going to be there. Right. No one's there to save you. It's yeah. your ass, man. And that's it. No one's coming to save you. You got to find a way regardless of how tough it gets. You hinted at it. Were there any other mentors or people that influenced you to get into running? No, I would say honestly... I mean, besides David Goggins, there were very few people who I looked up to at the time. And I just continued to believe in myself. First, it was that motivation to get back at people. But as you do these things, you, you learn a lot about yourself and you realize it's just it's you versus you all the time. And yeah. um, it's really not about anyone else. Of course, then you can take your experiences and share them um, with others to inspire them to do the same. But it's really not about comparing because, you know, comparison is just it's no good it, yeah. it really isn't at the end of the day you're 100 percent correct it's, it's you versus you you know it's bettering yourself each day so for all the listeners out there you know because i'm sure people are wondering how old are you i'm 20 years old currently okay 20 years old let's get height and weight because i'm sure people are wondering so i'm i'm five seven 160 okay. right now all right so for all the listeners out there because uh, as we get into this um this ultra running especially I think a lot of people are going to be mind blown, uh, especially if you didn't know about it like I didn't. Uh, and some of the things you put your body through. What training did you have to endure to become an ultra runner? Okay, so yeah, so a lot of different training. So the things that led up to this, because the first ultra marathon I did was a 50K, which is okay. 31 miles. Um, I had ran a half marathon and then I did the Philly marathon, which we actually did. I did with a good buddy of mine, Lance Haynes. I saw it on social media. Yeah. So we did that for the Jet Foundation. We raised about, I think it was $12,000 for the Jet, uh, oh, Jet awesome. Foundation for Levi. Yes. Um, I decided, okay, it's time to go big. I, you know, I really want to get into this ultra thing. I, I really trained hard. I, at the time of the, the 50K, I was probably putting in around 50 to 60 miles a week, I would say. So the training for that wasn't as crazy as some of the other races I've done, but that was the start. A lot of like uh, off-road trail, um, a lot okay. of elevation for that kind of stuff because the, the first 50K was down in the New River Gorge in West Virginia. That was the first one. That was called the Cabin Fever 50K in February. I did that of last year, I believe, or this year, actually. I placed, I want to say 20th overall and like top 10 in my age group for that one. So wow. that was my first one. So I, I was very confident, very happy with that. 
And let's go to that race in particular. All right, I was a thrower. I did track and field. So, of course, I know it's just the oval. You're just running around. But you're you're saying terrain. Like, are you climbing over, like, rocks, mountains, through trees, swamps? Like, what's what's it like out there? Oh, this is, yeah, this is like the mountains, man. Really? So, for this one. Paint a picture for us. Um, Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Um, We started in downtown Fayetteville. Um, so this was just like on the road for the first couple miles and then right around mile, like two or three, you instantly hit the woods. I mean, you're deep in the, in the new river gorge national park, you're running through. I mean, it was real cold. It was February and down there, they get a lot of snow. It wasn't too bad. Luckily the day I was there, but I would say a majority of it. Yeah. You're, you're just enclosed by the woods, these small trails, rocks, boulders. Um, I know at one point, um, around mile 20 was our big climb. So it was about a mile and a half of distance, but you had to climb about 2,000 feet in elevation over Ooh. that mile and a half. Yeah. So you're hiking up these boulders. I mean, you could barely run. Like, you know, you're struggling. It it was a it was a huge climb. Um. So that but that was one of the cooler parts of the course. Um. And then towards the end, you finish back back. Uh, towards Fayetteville. Okay. So at some points you're literally sounds like almost crawling on all fours to get up that elevation. Some of the, some of the climbs were super steep. Holy cow. I don't know why I thought this was just kind of like running along a highway or a road. Like you're, it can be. So some of them I've done are more um, like on the road based, but then some of it is like in the mountains. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you completed that race. You did pretty well. You did very well. It sounds like. Yeah, I did. That was, that was a good first race for me. It it kept me confident, uh, very confident for my next one, which was the hat run 50 K. So this was in Harve de Grace. Uh, this was in Maryland. This was another 50 K. This one was a little more flat, but it was still in the woods down in Maryland at a, I forget what state park it was. This was like a really big breakthrough for me though. I had ended up placing, believe it was I want to say top 15 overall, and I placed second in my age group. So I just, it kept me, I mean, I was stoked, you know, getting second yeah, place in my age group. Huge. I was like, like yeah. wow, I, you know, this could really be something. After that, it was finally time. I did my first 50 mile race. This was down right outside of Philly okay. um, in a park, Penny Pack Park. This was like the dirty German 50 mile is what they called it. And again, it was in the woods. Um, this one wasn't crazy with the elevation or anything, though. It was more of like a padded, um, single track okay. type trail. But this was like the first race for me where I was like, wow, you know, I really experienced some crazy things like, uh, like throughout the race. Yeah, Like seeing things like animals are getting hurt, like and not getting hurt, but like injuries or what What did you see? It was it was just a really crazy race. Um you know, it had poured. It, w- it almost reminded you of like a monsoon that day. Oh, wow. And I mean, I was covered in mud by the end of it. <laughs> so yeah. it was it was a wild, wild race. And being 50 miles, my first time doing 50, 50 miles, it was it was a little scary. I'll be honest. You know, I was nervous. You get, you get a lot of nerves before these things. There's a lot of pressure for sure because in the back of your head, you're always like, what, what if? What if I don't finish? What if right. I fall? You know, what if? What happened? You know, what if I get hurt? That stuff's always in the back of your head. Um, and battling those conditions was really, really tough. I've always liked being in the tougher conditions because I know there's a lot of weak minds out there. Yeah. Um, so when your mind is tougher than everyone else's, you can capitalize on bad situations, which is what I did. All right. So let's go. Let's start like the morning of for this 50 mile race. What are you eating? Do you eat like bacon and eggs? Do you eat steak and eggs? You know, what, what are yeah, you eating? So you got to be careful. Um, yeah. Fueling is definitely very important anything you know when you're doing these races you have to be fueling so for this race my main source of fuel in terms of hydration or i guess we can we can talk about before the race yeah um, yeah i'm just wondering like do you eat like a cliff bar like what do you Because yeah. you got 50 miles you're going to be out on the, the track for quite some time so like you have to have some kind of fuel in your body like before you even start the race correct yes okay. so if say the race starts around seven o'clock in the morning then i'm probably up at four or five in the morning normally what i'll eat is something like a cliff bar Cliff bar or Nutrigrain bar, something like that. You know, okay. some quick kind of fuel. Yeah. Um, that's it though. And then I start hydrating just a bit, just to get some carbs in me before the race. Nothing like too heavy because you just you don't want to have uh, stomach issues during yeah. these things. Yeah, you're 50 miles out there. I imagine yeah. there's not a lot of rest stops. You're you're not pulling over to go to the oh, bathroom. Man. You're using you're using the woods, man. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're out there, Mother the Nature. Yeah. When you say hydrate, are you drinking Gatorade, sports drinks? What protein shakes? I mean, I don't know. What yeah. are you drinking? So main things would be you're alter- gonna mainly be alternating between water and some form of an electrolyte based uh okay. so like drink. 
So for me, I used like the BPN G1M Sport. Yeah, yeah. So that works well for me. I'll alternate that with the water to get uh, enough sodium in me. Um, that's important, you know, balancing your sodium intake with okay. your potassium intake because you don't want to get cramps. Yeah, um, I didn't even think about that. Holy cow. Yeah, that stuff can be important. And even really on these bigger races, I mean, you're eating while you're running. So there's really? times where I'll like, when I come through, mm-hmm. you know, my parents will be there. They're my crew. They'll hand me like a, another bar or whatever I'm feeling, like a banana, an orange, depending on what I need. Okay, so all right, so it's, it's 50 miles. Your parents are stationed like somewhere throughout the race. So this does, one, yeah, um, it was like a you do three 17 mile loops. Oh, okay, okay. So I would see them once each time, and then gotcha. throughout the 17 mile loop, like the race director, he had little checkpoints set up with food yeah, okay. um, at each one, That's so nice. I can use use those as well. So you use those to fuel when you're there, and then I check in with my parents every 17 miles on that wow. one. So you're running around, you're you're eating as you go. I assume you don't stop. You just grab something, eat it, and you're... Very, very quick. Yeah, yeah very we try quick. to make it very quick. Okay. The next question would be, because you said for this 50 mile, it was kind of a monsoon, or there was some rain, you're dirty. What, what are you wearing? Like spikes, combat boots, running shoes? Like, what yeah. are you wearing? So I'm Bare using... feet? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah. Uh... I'm using like, so I'm using trail shoes. If anyone's familiar with the brand Hoka, they're, they're a running company and they make really, really good trail shoes. So I was using their Speed Goat 4s. The tread on them. Goat 4s, phenomenal. Okay, yeah. what, how's the tread? So the tread's great. So it was, it was really, really good that I actually chose to wear these because sometimes for maybe like a single track that's padded, you know, I might consider just wearing a basic pair of running sneakers to be a little faster, but I was really glad I used these just with the the conditions, the rocks. It was, I mean, it was super wet. Um, so the tread, the tread saved me, um, that day for sure. It was really rough. I mean, there were spots where you, you didn't even have the track anymore. I mean, you were like, you had to be careful. You didn't fall or it was just a mud pit. Right. So yeah, that, that kind of transitions into my next question. So as you're out there running, like, what is the the protocol? I mean, I'm sure there's staff members like throughout the the the, the course, but uh, like if you do fall or something or you get hurt, like what do you just you just keep going or what do you do? I mean, if you get hurt, the main thing would be just to sit there and wait because someone's probably gonna pass you and then they'll tell someone about it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but like, like if it's serious, yeah, and you can't you can't like get up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you do, I mean, you battle a lot, you know, you don't feel 100% throughout these whole 50 miles because, you know, the thing, I mean, this, this 50 miler took me just over nine hours. You know, you're out there for a while. You got a lot to think about. And, um, you know, there, there were points in that race where I'm like, fuck man, yeah. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm done. Like, and I, and, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I, you know, you get these motivational guys on Instagram. They think, you know, they're hot shit. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. it's, oh, I never think about quitting. Quitting never crosses their mind, right? Yeah. But, you know, for me, there's a lot of times I think about quitting when I'm out there, man. Yeah. You know, it, it gets hard out there. You just really have to trust yourself and trust your mind because, like I said, with those conditions, and then at one point I was having an issue with my knee. I just got a little tripped up. Mm-hmm. I, I actually fell once that race, too. I slipped on a rock, cut myself open a bit. Whoa. So there's mental things like that where it just kind of messes with you, but you find ways to, to push through. And again, you're setting me up perfectly because I don't want to get into the big race you just did, but let me ask you this because you said about mentally while you're out there running, what what are you thinking about? Um, like you said, you can't have music, so you're going nine hours, 17 hours, 20 hours, whatever it is. Like, what are you thinking about? Yeah, so a lot of the times it's really about just like shutting off your brain and just put your head down and run, man. There are times where it's nice. It's, I mean, you at some points in the race, you really have to take in the beauty of what you're experiencing. Um, and that and that goes for the course itself because mm-hmm. you do see a lot of cool things on these courses. But also, like like I said, I mean, pain is beautiful. You know, pain is what makes all of us better. You really have to embrace it. I know everyone has their beliefs with everything, but when you do these things, you feel like you're in touch with something much, much greater than you could ever be. And, and there was a really good quote, you know, like that I'd read from another ultra runner. And he said, if you want to like, you know, push yourself, run a mile, you know, if okay. you want to um, experience a different life, run a marathon. But, you know, if you want to talk to God, go out and run 100 miles, go out and run 50 miles because you will. Yeah. You know, you will experience the craziest things right? that, that you just can't explain. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine, you know, I've never even attempted what you're doing um, and, and you're succeeding at really well. I definitely agree. You have to shut off your mind, but are you, so you're running, you have to be thinking of 
of something like do you think okay if i get to the next checkpoint or next rest stop um that's good or is it more like you know uh, do you tell yourself a story like you're like you're being chased and you're running from something like what do you what do you think it is or is it just like you're just empty just running i think i think you made a really good point with the mental thing there are definitely a lot of mental rewards throughout this that mental rewards are huge for ultra running and i think any ultra runner would tell you that just knowing when you hit an aid station maybe at say you're like three miles in the next aid stations four miles away yeah like you might be two miles into that next thing and you're like i'm only two miles away from this next aid station then i get to eat some food you know refuel i'll feel good there's things like that you know especially on the the 50 mile race i knew i would only see my parents you know once each loop so when I was coming up on that loop to see my parents, it was a huge mental reward for me. Oh, Seeing my mom and dad, yeah. you know, they kept me in it. And, you know, really, you know, when I saw their faces, I was like, I'm going to finish this. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm gonna do this. I'm sure they're like, and they're probably yelling and cheering because what you're doing is pretty damn incredible in my mind. You know, they are definitely proud parents. They know during the race, it's, it's game time. Like there's oh, you're no serious. You're like, yeah, I, I need the fuel. Focused. I need to be quick. And, and they understand that. And they've been really good. They've been really supportive of me. Um, and I think, you know, they're really happy for me because they, they know what I've been through Yeah. Uh, yeah. to get to where I am today. And, and they got to have those probably accurate handoffs, right? Because they're like, boom, here's the bar as you're running. Here's the, here's the water, the drink. Right. Yeah. yeah right. They oh. know I like to be quick. Yeah. And that's so cool that, that they can actually be a part of it because most sporting events, um, you know, the athlete's doing his or her thing and, you know, parents are in the stands. They're not down there. You know, what, what they're doing is literally without them, you not that you couldn't do it, but it would be harder. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. No, having a crew is is the most amazing thing. They've been so supportive. You can't you can't do this stuff efficiently without a really good crew. Yeah. And and like I said, I mean, they're part of the reason I play so high at some of these things because without them, it's like it's going to be a lot lot harder to get the fuel I need and the support. Last question before we jump into the the big race that you just did. Your parents um, were either of them. And maybe I asked you this, I don't remember, were either of them runners? No, my mom, she did play some sports in high school, and my dad as well. Uh, my dad was a runner in high school, okay. and he is big into hiking. He's done a lot of hiking, so he's, he, I probably got some of the, the running stuff yeah. from him maybe, but uh, no, besides that, it really was kind of just spare the moment. It's I your thing. My yeah. mental, yeah. Let's get into, because you recently ran the Daytona 100-mile ultra run and you placed, uh, I think it was third overall. Yep, yep. Okay, so tell me, what was that? How did you find out about it? How did you get into it? Um, just kind of give us the lowdown on what this is all about. This was by far the the biggest race I've done, the Daytona 100. After my six-hour race, we didn't talk about that, but basically I ran for six hours straight. And I decided that after this, I was like, okay, I want to do 100 miles. I want, I really want to do an 100 miler before the new year, before I'm 21, all that. So I was looking for races and I was looking for um, something that was flat terrain, but would still push me for my first one. I, I stumbled across this one and it just seemed like the perfect fit. Florida, I knew it was going to be a little warm, flat road run along the highway, straight shot. Like this just seemed like my game Yeah, and I, and I had signed up for it. And then I got right into training. <laughs> you want to challenge yourself a hundred miles, you know, and again, so you, you've, you've been training. So we kind of covered that, you know, you've been doing the 50 mile and you said you did a, a six hour. Yeah. I ran for six hours straight. straight. It was a one mile loop and it was 300 feet of elevation gain per loop. So I just ran up a mountain and down it wow. for six hours. And where was that? Where... That was in New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. You know you're mentally tough. You're mentally there because you just did six hours of a mi- just a mile loop. Okay, so you got that. And now you're like, I'm going to challenge myself 100 miles. Florida, I mean, great weather, like you said. As you're out there, what's that experience like? And I see you have your shirt on. So do you have like a certain singlet or something you wear while you run too? Uh, I'm, I'm a no-shirt guy. For, okay. If the weather's nice enough, yeah. I, I prefer. I just feel free. No shirt. My short shorts. Yeah. Got it. And I don't mean to cut you off, but do you have like one of those water bottles? Do you, do you have water on you? Like a. Yeah, so I wear one of the ones you would almost like kind of strap it into your hand. And no way. you just hold it with your hand. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like a yeah. bottle strapped in. Okay. Right. Like a picture. Right. Okay. And then I just, we'd have two of them. So me and my parents would be swapping out each gotcha. time we'd see each other. But yeah, I can kind of break down the race just for mile one. Yeah. Yeah. That um, sounds good. So it's, you know, it was early. It was, I think I'd gotten to the start, starting point at Jacksonville Beach around five in the morning. And. A lot of thoughts going through my head. Super nervous. 
super nervous, I will admit. I just kind of wanted to take it all in, though. Why do you think you were nervous? You think about the distance a lot, and you're like, yeah. I'm really about to do this. Okay. I'm, I've been saying I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. But then you, you really reinforce it. I'm going to run 100 miles today. Yeah. And, you know, you tow that line. Gun went off at 6 o'clock. Um, and that's what started it. When we first seven miles, I believe, was just like a loop up and back to where the starting point was. Then we headed south. Um, you know, you're going through all these towns, you're seeing beautiful things. Yeah. You know, those first 20 miles are great, man. You're like, you feel great. You see a lot of stuff. You you're feel loose. Good. You're probably nice oh, and loose. Oh, nice yeah. and loose. Everything's flowing. Right. Okay. Gets to around, I think it was mile 20s, late 20s, early 30s. Sun came out and man, there was nowhere to hide. Oof. It's like, surprise, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's Beating burning down. down on you. Yeah. Yeah. 80 some degrees, humid. Felt like I got thrown into an oven. Yeah. So, and, you know, now I'm, at this point, I'm about four hours in, maybe. Okay. And I'm like, shit, man, this is, it's hot. You know, I knew it was going to be warm. Right. But it's hot. Sweat's pouring, probably. Yeah. There was, there was one point in that little stretch there. I had, I had gotten some fluids in me and I kind of like over, overestimated how far away the next aid station was um so i didn't grab as much water as i probably should have yeah slugged it down i was still six miles away from seeing my parents again i had no water and it was hot and i was thinking man i'm screwed if i I don't find someone to give me some water yeah it's over i got so lucky i actually stumbled upon another crew car and they gave me some water so it it saved my race for sure and i met up with my parents around 38 mile 38 40 we were at that point we were headed across a bridge and i i forget it might have been going into saint augustine and then i had hit another checkpoint around mile 50 i was like holy shit you know yeah because you've done 50 before so you knew you could do 50 right right but and now that's when it got real now you're doubling it yeah right that's when it really got real and that, and i knew that all along i was like these first 50 the first 50 were all about how bad can you really just endure a little bit of pain right yeah pretty basic but those next 50 it's like you're gonna you're gonna be feeling a lot of physical pain but man your head is gonna be spinning around miles it was 60 i was like this shit's hard you know but i was still pushing i was still cooking pretty fast um i think at the at that point i was running around like 845 pace okay up to mile 60 and at that point i was i was only like five or ten minutes off first place at that point so I'd held with him. He was the champion last year. I'd held with him for pretty long. But around, you know, past 60, he pulled away. Okay. And is he like, is, you're talking in your age, like age group or is this? No, nah, he's 45, the guy that won. Okay. But he's, I mean, this is his like life. Like he, um, he, I don't know how long he's been doing it. Yeah. He's a good dude though. He was a really good dude. We talked a lot and, and a really good dude. I'm really happy that he won. Okay. Happy for him. So as you're running, he's, you can see him in front of you for, yeah. for some time. But then he, you said like. Mile 60, he just took off kind of? Yeah, he took off. He he kept steady. Yeah. And I needed to stop a little bit more because, like I said, you know, we're stopping to fuel. Right. And all of this. And it's your first time doing 100. So you don't want to go balls to the wall and all of a sudden you're like. Tap you know, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You right. want to finish. Right, right. right. Okay. Because mile 80 is where it got real, man. That's right. where I was like. Wow. Tell me about it because I want to. One of my questions is, you know, as you're out doing these races, how do you get through? We talked about like mentally what you do, but how do you physically deal with and get through some of this pain so mile 80 you're like wow i'm getting whooped mile 80 was when it just got really physically tough you're right and the thing is you can combat that physical hard yeah by being mentally harder and that is really what i try to do um you know when things get physically hard i'm mentally i'm mentally harder you know there were a lot of times my legs i mean they they were my hip flexors were shot (sighs) it felt like someone took knives and just stuck them into the side of my legs Um, you got 20 miles still to go i had 20 miles to go you know it's about to get dark which honestly wasn't the worst thing for me because it was hot all day yeah so i was like it's fine it's about to cool down yeah you know i'm about to get some of my you know speed back um this this will be good and it was you know i fought through it but yeah you deal with a lot i mean you deal with foot pain ankle pain knees hip flexors all of it because at that point you know you're you're over 10 hours in or whatever it is and i mean wow you're feeling the effects of of 80 miles yeah. on, your, on your feet. Yeah. yeah. Keep going because I, I want to I hear the whole story then because I want to ask, like, how do you um, take care of your body afterwards? Because, I mean, imagine you, you might have blisters on your feet. You're, like you said, your legs are probably shot. So anyway, so you're 80 miles in. 
let's go over like the last 20 and then you know you, you finish the race so let's let's hear about that yeah so 80 miles in i'm about to hit daytona beach so daytona beach was i think like from mile 82 to 87 and you know we talked about those mental rewards that was like a huge mental reward for me i was like once i hit daytona beach you know this is going to be good and i because i knew my dad was going to come in and pace me through daytona beach okay so i knew just having him with me was going to help a lot cause, okay so for the listeners and i didn't mean to cut you off but and also for me pace so he's going to run with you yeah he's going right? to just run alongside me that's awesome. Um, just yeah. you know as that little mental that middle mental cushion physical cushion even uh, just to have someone out there who has fresh legs helps a lot when yeah. your your legs are shot. So he was out there from, it was like five miles he was out there. I know that. He got me through Daytona. And then I had ran like two more miles by myself. So at this point, we're probably like 90 some miles in. And I think he could tell, you know, I was going to finish the race. Like, I'm no quitter. I find a way, yeah. man. Yeah. Unless things are real serious, I find a way. But it was... Definitely towards the end of the race, like mile 94, 95 ish. And he saw it and he was like, he got back out of the car and he, he ran the rest of the way with me. So he put on 10 miles for me. And I know it wasn't easy for him. Um, so I appreciated my dad a lot, yeah. you know, for stepping up. That was that was big of him. So your mom and dad are, are kind of following you. They, they can drive with you? Yeah, they were okay. checking in with me from miles 50 on, I'd say. We were checking in like every two to three miles. Like we wanted everything to be dialed in. Yeah. Because um, I didn't talk about it much, but there's a lot of things you got to you gotta watch very closely when you do these things. Um, like your, your urine, <laughs> not to get all gross, but yeah. you know, if, if that gets bad, you know, that could ruin, that could send you to the hospital. I remember for football back in high school, it was like, if it's... Uh, if it's too yellow or something, it's um, you're dehydrated. If it's clear, then you're hydrated. Is that kind of what you're talking about, or like similar? Similar, okay. Because when it was really hot in the beginning of the race, and I was drinking a lot of fluid, my it was still very dark, and I just kept hydrating, kept hydrating, and that got better. Yeah. But the main thing we were looking for was if that color started to turn brown. Um, All right, what does that mean? That can indicate like liver issues, kidney issues, and that can that can be very very oh, serious. Like you gotta go to the hospital. Like, you're done. Yeah, you're done. Wow. So you're doing your thing. They're falling behind you. Um, like you said, your father would get out and pace with you, run with you, which huge boost. Like you said, it's, it has to be. So that's kind of the whole setup. Continue. Yeah. So at this point, we're like mile ninety five. So yeah. we're about to be at the Ponce Inlet. Um, it finished right at the lighthouse, and it was it was uh, super mind fuck. You see the lighthouse, yeah, and you're like four miles away at this point. You're like, man, I'm almost there. You run another two miles, and it's like the lighthouse disappeared. You're like, what the? Where, yeah. Where'd the lighthouse go, man? I, you know, I thought I was about to be at the finish line, right? And now you still got two more miles, and those were like the two longest miles of my life. Wow. But yeah. we got there. We got to the finish line, man, and and my, I made my parents cross with me because for sure wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Yeah. Um, but I was very, very stoked with my, my performance that, that day. What were the exact numbers? I finished the 100 miles in 17 hours, 17 minutes, and 30-some seconds. Yeah. Um, and I ended up third overall, uh, second in the male category, first in my age group. That is amazing, dude. Holy cow, Mitch. That's crazy. So as you're finishing you know, with your parents – what did they? What did they think? Like, uh, what? What do you think they think about the ultra running and everything? I like I said. I think they're super. I think they're super proud of me. Um, I think you know they think I'm a little crazy, of course. But you know they're they're definitely proud of me. They support it. I think they've honestly you know developed a little bit of a like an appreciation for the sport, being able to crew me now a couple times and see all these you know, I mean, you've got people my age out there, all the way up to people that are maybe seventy years old. You know, there's. There's a lot of crazy people, man. Wow. And just just badasses is what they are. Yeah, you know, you got to yeah. be a tough son of a bitch to want to do this. So you're like a Spartan, like a warrior. I mean, yeah. seriously, to have that mindset, not everybody's going to wake up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to train or run 50 miles, let alone 100 uh, in 17 hours. I mean, wow. Right. But, so you cross the finish line. Now, what what do you do to like to heal up? You know, you're, you just finished. You know, parents are hugging you. Everything's great. I'm sure you're... Like, do you get on oxygen? I mean, you're in great shape, but what, like, what do you do? After the race was pretty interesting. Um, I'd finished up. I'd uh, talked to the the race director, things like that, and then I just I had sat down because I was like, I mean, I've been I've been standing for 17 hours and some change at this point. Yeah, what does that feel like just to sit down? It, it felt weird. 
<laughs> weird would be yeah. the, the best description. And when I did sit down, I felt amazing the whole race. You know, I thought maybe I would deal. A lot of people deal with hallucinations when things like this, okay. when they're out running. I didn't have any of that. I was, I felt great the whole time, honestly, besides my legs. And when I sat down, it was almost like my body was just trying to f- figure itself out. Um, and I got really, really lightheaded. Yeah. It felt like someone threw a flashbang in my face. Whoa. So my vision yeah. got real blurry. Um, I couldn't hear were your ears ringing like, or, or my ears were ringing. Yeah. I couldn't really hear anybody and it was starting to freak me out and it lasted for a couple minutes, but it felt like, it felt like hours, Forever. you know, yeah. just like, just so weird. Um, but it settled down, got some food in me, you know, fluids, things like that felt a little bit better. Uh, and I dealt with that just here and there for like the next 24 hours, but it did, it got better. And, I, and now I, now I'm, I'm all healed up. Wow. But it was a rough 48 hours. It's after I could barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just picture you. And like I said, you're in great shape. I just picture you kind of like maybe like got a cane or like your dad's helping you because your legs have to, like you said, they have to be shot. All right. I mean, and in the moment, your adrenaline's kicked in, I'm sure. So you're just going. But then to finally sit down, you're, and like you said, your body's like, we just did that. Like, I can't believe, you know, I'm sure that's what your body's going through. Right. Dude, yeah. wow so how do you and that was your your most recent one and uh that was just what last last weekend yeah this was december the third third okay december third so how do you balance college life and what must be vigorous training like how, how do you balance it it's tough it's about choosing your heart um losing a lot of friends losing a lot of relationship losing a lot of opportunities um yeah. in other places really my life revolves around the online business my working out my education and and the select few group of friends I have that have supported me and treated me like family. Yeah. But outside of that, that's that's what I do. You know. And let me ask you: this, Are you at main campus? Or? I am. Yes. Okay. Yep. So and you're living up there. So what's the daily routine like? Typical day for the hundred mile training would look something like a wake up time of about four or five in the morning. That would consist of like a small calisthenics and dumbbell based workout in the morning. Um, at that point I'd go to class for a couple hours, uh, come back and I have about like a two hour gap. So then I go out for my first run, that'd be like a six to eight mile run. Um, and then I'd come back and do a couple more hours of classes. And then right when I get back from those classes, I do another session of like four to eight miles. And then after that, I'd come home, make a dinner and then try to hit another workout before bed that evening that'd be like a weekday okay weekends like a saturday would be for long runs um which is where i had to make a ton of sacrifices because you know it's penn state there's a lot of parties there's a lot of things to do i was gonna say yeah i mean it sounds like you don't have a lot of time to be be partying no you, you definitely have to balance your social life and things i still like to go out occasionally when i earn it but most weekends it was you know sacrifice the parties like none of that or even like on the Saturday mornings is when I'd like to do my long run. So if it was like, hey, you got to wake up and run 20 miles, yeah. you know, Saturday morning. And it sucked because, you know, you got the big noon game going on at Penn State. Right. I'm out there with my little pack on, no shirt, <laughs> yeah. in my shorts running around. They're like, this guy's fucking nuts. Right. And they're all, they're all drinking beer and having <laughs> a good time. Right. And I'm, I'm running around campus <laughs> through all these and Eating it's subs, nuts. hot dogs, burgers. So you hold yourself to that. Like right. you're not going to go out and party unless you, I don't know run a certain amount of miles in a certain amount of time gotta earn it man you gotta, you gotta earn, earn it. it dude that's awesome mindset holy shit like wow because especially in college i mean like you said there's so many uh opportunities just to go out and party and pack on the pounds you know what i mean right. and, and and waste it so so tell me a little bit about that like how do you earn it how do you earn it so for me earning it would be like i have my and honestly i didn't really follow a specific structured training i had an idea of what i wanted to run each week yeah. Um, and my miles, my total miles ended up being anywhere from about 75 to a hundred a week, okay. um, with some biking or, or, you know, weightlifting in there as well. But, you know, if I missed a run one day, which happened, I think happened twice yeah. throughout training, you ain't, I ain't doing shit. You're not I'm going to sit yet. in my room and I'm going to contemplate on that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to think about that for a long time Okay. because I don't let shit go. Yeah. So I got to make up for that. But most of the time, I was pretty good with myself. You know, a lot of the, the one of the harder things is definitely you're burning so many calories. So food choices can be really, really tough sometimes, yeah. especially as a student. You know, you're going to class all day. So when you're like literally starving, you're just like, 
you know, like you, sometimes you just pick the quicker option and it's not always the best choice because I, I try to eat as best as I can. But there there were times where I definitely cheated in the in the food. Okay. For sure. Well, I think you can do that. I think that's all right. Every now and then. So where do you like to run, like up at State College? Just throughout campus or is there a certain park you go to? Like I'm a pretty bland guy, you know. I, I'm just like I do the same things over and over. I love the mental pain because, you know, it's like it's the torture of running that exact same loop or that exact same, uh, okay. exact same distance. And you get so sick of that, man. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep fucking doing do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. I like it. So I I had my little <laughs> six mile um, distance I did. Okay. Um. So every like that little gap, that two hour gap that I had most days. Yeah. That was the six miler every day. Every day. Wow. Same same loop. Yep. Same loop. I'd run down the same people. Down the probably. hill. Yeah. Back around the neighborhood. Back up. See Beaver Stadium. Come back. Okay. Every day. Wow. For some of the longer runs, it'd be mixed up. Like, when you're running 20 miles, sometimes you just kind of have to mix it up depending on if roads are blocked, things like that. But even some of, like, my 10-mile loops, exact same. You know, being up at Penn State, tons of people from all over the world. Have you found any other ultra runners, like, your age that you could be like, hey, let's go run, or you're just, like, a lone wolf? I haven't found anyone. I've seen some other runners out with, like, the pack, so that would maybe imply that they like to do long distance. Um, yeah. But I am kind of a... I keep it to myself, honestly. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like to work out with others or, yeah. you know, train others or whatever, but on, I don't do a ton of that. You know, I've worked out with like a select, select few people. Honestly, the only person who I think I can honestly say I've done a workout with in the past like six months in terms of running would be like my buddy Greg Munyon. Um, Hollywood. Oh, Greg. Yeah. Greg Munyon. I know him. You know, he's a bad, he's a bad man. Tough guy. Tough kid. But he's a real good dude. He's a good dude. The story behind Hollywood for for you, Mitch, and all the listeners out there, back when, gosh, maybe I was a junior at Cedar Crest, (coughs) excuse me, for football. And, you know, Hollywood is like, or Greg was, uh, you know, I don't know, he's middle school, I forget. And it was one of those football camps, you know, for like the week. So all the juniors and seniors would come out. And I think if it's sophomores and, you know, train the kids you know you'd be with the younger classmates coming up and he had these long hair and he might even been like in i don't know fourth or fifth i forget but long gold hair and that's just how he looked and he was that's what he was going for a quarterback so he'd always be throwing the ball so ever since then hollywood kind of stuck but yeah greg is a good guy and hard work i see him uh all of a sudden doing i don't know if he's doing ultra running but he's really getting ripped like oh yeah he just did his first marathon oh okay yeah he in a really good time i think I think it was, it was like a seven sub seven thirty pace. I mean, he killed it. Wow, killed it, absolutely killed it. He's a tough son of a bitch. That's and awesome. He's, he's one of the only guys I'll work out with because I know he means business. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not messing around. No, and gotcha. that's what I find with a lot of these kids at school is they they're they're thriving off motivation, which I talked about. It's like I'll get up and do it for a couple of days, but then that's it. Yeah. You know, I I thrive off discipline. I'm gonna do this shit. No matter how much it sucks, you know, you got to do something that sucks every day if you want to get better. Yeah. So yeah. I woke up every day and I did something that sucked. Yeah. And, you know, that built so much mental callus in my mind. Right. To the point where I f- just feel like no one can break me. Now. It, it builds character too. Like, and like you said, it can't be broken. So, you know, your passion is, is running mental toughness, you know, ultra running. And then like you just said, cause I always ask guests, you know, what motivates you and on the forum, like you said, it's that discipline. So Dude, I think it's phenomenal. What you got going on is amazing. And I'm looking forward to following along now on social media and seeing what, you know, what you're going to do next. With college, are there any plans for, for after graduation? Um, and then are you going to continue? Obviously, I think you're going to continue ultra running. I think it's a dumb question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, post-school, I'm looking to find some sort of job in the business field. Um, probably not around here. I'm not a huge fan of the area, honestly. Okay. Not a huge fan. Of, like, State College is nice. Don't want to live there. Um, looking to move either south or out west somewhere. So that's the plan for that. But, yeah, I think I think ultra running will be a part of my life for as long as it can be. And until the knees give out or until yeah. whatever, um, it'll definitely be a part of my life. Because, you know, like a lot of people – you know, they go out and do something and it's like, well, I ran the marathon, so that's it. You know, I it's did over. it. It yeah. did it. I'm good enough. I now. completed but it. Yeah. That's, you know, you're never good enough. You, yeah. you always got to push. 
um, regardless of what you've done. That doesn't mean shit. You know, you wake up an underdog the day after you've you've succeeded. That's so. perfect. Yeah, one day you could be that uh, that forty year old at at Daytona. You know, yeah, right. Tan as can be, just <laughs> just beating the young pups out there. Oh, dude, that's awesome. So, Mitchell, how can our listeners connect with you and follow along on your journey? You can follow me over on Instagram at Mitchell underscore Spittle. Uh, besides that, don't do a ton with social media. Honestly, try to stay off it. Just not my thing. I see it as, you know, if I spend as much time, you know, thinking about what I'm going to post or, you know, I'm always you got these people worried about posting. That's time I could be working out, or, you know, being better. So I try to just keep people updated with my race schedule. Sometimes I'll post my weekly miles, my Strava workouts. So you can see all that over on Instagram. Okay. I think this is just a thought. I'm going to throw it out there. If you keep doing the ultra running and, and you keep doing well, what you're doing, maybe like a clothing brand somewhere because... You are so motivated and your motivation, and it's different when I say motivation, you know, it's that discipline. And I think that's a different way that you can maybe spin it to have your own clothing line. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know. It's just a crazy idea. Yeah, no, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Definitely. You know, you see a lot of these guys get sponsored by yeah. different companies because, you know, there's a lot of great companies that I use, some of which I would maybe consider taking a sponsorship from. I like to be able to try different things, but there's certain anti-chafe things I use. Uh, certain I don't even think about that the oh, gel yeah. yeah the gel things I use all of that that good stuff you know it'd be great to have those companies support me at some point yeah and you know I don't think I'm deserving of that yet you know I I've done all right you know the last race was really really good yeah, yeah. um but you know long term goals I have my eyes set on some big things some big races in the future awesome no definitely definitely gonna be following along so before we close out is there anything else uh, you'd like the listeners to know no other than I just mentioned like a few my favorite things to leave people with when I, you know, when I talk about these kind of things and something that I've always just thought about and it always sticks with me is that, you know, for example, when I was in that, that bad spot in my life, you know, I just, I constantly was blaming the world for all my problems. And sometimes you got to look back and look in the mirror and realize your life isn't so bad. You know, wherever you're at, it really isn't that bad. Stay in the fight for all those people out there who are battling some shit because it ain't easy. But I would just say that, you know, when you think, oh, my life is so terrible, just remember that each time you say that, someone is literally taking their last breath right now. You know, like as we're yeah. speaking, you know, I could yeah. I could complain about how terrible my life is or how terrible my day was, but someone wishes they had my day. Someone wishes they had my hour. So I would leave people with uh, that the only easy day was yesterday. It's oh, very well put. Awesome. Mitchell Spittle on the American Grown Podcast and the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.